Hello, welcome back to Check Check Go. This is Nathan, joined as always by Philip. What is up? And this is episode 10. 10 whole episodes. It sure is. If this is your first time listening, Check Check Go is uh, Fat Dragon Gaming's weekly podcast, and you can hear us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play. You can also watch us on YouTube or support us on Patreon. Um, and if you give us enough money, we'll give you a shout out, just like we will at the end of this show. Um, and you can find everything you need to know about us on our website at fatdragongaming.com. Nathan, how's your week been, dude? Uh, it's been pretty good. Can't complain. Um, full disclosure, this isn't the first time we've done this episode. Well, partly. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> I'm not even sure he listens to the podcast. That's okay. Well, if you are listening, okay. fuck well. you. So, uh, so Nathan, what you uh, what you been playing this week? Well, I've been uh, playing something of interest to you. Oh yeah. Uh yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to eat some crow twice in this episode, <laughs> so we're gonna get the first one over with. Uh, this is this is good for me. Yeah. So Steam sale is going on. Uh, by the time I think it'll be over by the time this comes out, actually. But uh, it's been going on for the past week or so. And they had Shadows of Mordor for $4. And I said, what the heck? I'm going to pick it up. I mean, $4. You got you to gotta grab it. Yeah. But I've been notoriously vocal about my apathy for Shadow of Mordor. It's, it's fun. It is fun. It is fun. Um... The gameplay is super fluid. The stealth system works. Uh, I like the upgrades. I like all the abilities you can get. I like the rune system. Um, I haven't really gotten that far yet, so I haven't really done a whole lot with the whole captain system, other than they just randomly ambush me at times, and then I kill them easily, which is... That's my biggest thing about the game so far. It's really fucking easy. Yeah. Like, I got ambushed by five captains and killed them all and only had to heal myself once. Yeah, if you if you're good if you're good at timing and you're good at that style of combat, um, which is all about flow, and so once you get into a rhythm, it you can well, almost be unbeatable. See, here's the deal. Uh, so you put out a video of you playing a little bit of the first part of Shadow of War, and you tried to kill a certain captain, and he got f- three of his captain buddies there with him, and they kicked your ass. You remember that? You remember what I'm talking about? We have it. We have it. Yeah. It's a video. It's out. Yeah. You can it, watch it on on our YouTube channel or our website. You can watch this video. I found that same fight. Fought five captains at the same time. Only I didn't die like a little bitch. Well, good for you. Good for you. So, how does it feel to know that the game that I've hated on for so long, I am better at than you are? Uh, I mean, you're just better at video games in general than I am. So it doesn't come as a shock at all. But um, no, no, like uh, so. I mean, other than the game being easy, um, to me. The thing about it is the combat. I mean, that's the moneymaker for me. Uh, because coming from a long history of Arkham, I'm a huge fan of the Arkham games, uh, it was cool for me to see that that idea of rhythm and countering uh, brought over into a different setting. And, um, something, and I point to Shadow of Mordor as... Uh, one of the reasons that a Wonder Woman game could work because um, you've got you've already got that kind of combat in 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 um, in sword fighting. So, uh, for Shadow of War coming out, um, you said that you you kind of liked the rune system from Shadow of Mordor. Uh, I'm actually excited about the what they're doing with Shadow of War with the upgrade system. Um, and if you haven't seen anything on that, um, you're kind of in for a treat because they have overhauled everything and it's so much more complex because that's that is the thing is it was pretty straightforward in shadow of mordor um, that's I, I think that's the best word for the entire game is straightforward it was it was but like and i said this i think way back in like episode one or two 
Um, my thing is, you know, length of game and uh, complexity of game for a first game concept. I think that they did very, very well. And so I'm very interested to see how they take that momentum and apply it to a big, much bigger scale second game. So I think systems will be deeper. Um, uh, and I think story, they'll be able to expand that. So we'll see. Well, Philip, deeper is not necessarily better, no matter what your girlfriend tells you. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, um, Nathan, what else have you been playing? Remind me. <laughs> uh, I've been playing a little something. Um, I play a lot of shit. Yeah, a little something you said was called FTL. Oh yeah, um, FTL is a roguelike. Which, if anyone doesn't know what a roguelike is, basically it means uh, you play through the game and you're like almost guaranteed to die at some point. But every time you die, you either progress a little bit further, you get upgrades that help you go further, or you just like learn from your mistakes. So like dying is a part of the experience. But uh, in FTL, you are like you run a spaceship and you have a crew, and uh, they're like different sec like sections of your spaceship that all do different things like pilotings, the engines, the shields, the weapons, and you have crew members that can man those stations and you have to like manage power and like fuel and ammo and stuff. Like it sounds really complicated, but after you play it for a bit, like you it's really easy to get into, but it's hard as fuck. Oh, uh, it's absolutely unforgiving and they're they come up with so many creative ways to kill you, it's ridiculous. But uh, all of that to say, I'm having a blast. <laughs> it's addicting. Because every time I die, I'm just like, well, I'm going to fix that next time, and then they find a new way to kill me. Uh, what I mean, what is this, Bloodborne? <laughs> oh, God, no. Rage quit Bloodborne. I haven't gone back. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Um, yeah, because in that game, they don't they don't give you... Ways to progress or get better upon dying. They're just like, eh, try it again. Well, no, if you die, you just go and get your souls back or whatever they're called, Bloodborne. Which I can't remember, and I probably should. And uh, you upgrade your character and you try again. Rinse and repeat. Get back on that bike. Cool. Um, well, uh, another game that is in beta, currently, correct? Um, and I believe the free beta is it runs out on the fifth or something. I can't remember, but uh, Lawbreakers. Um, do you what? Do you know sort of the history of Lawbreakers? Uh, what, what's, this, um, what's this deal? It's made by a studio called Bosky Productions, and the head of that studio has worked on other stuff before. Uh, I found out about it watching Rooster Teeth's E3 stream. Like they interviewed the guy, and he was like super excited and super passionate about it. But uh, it's it's a shooter along the same vein as Overwatch, just a lot less cartoony and a lot more frenetic. Very frenetic. I mean, it's it's like nonstop. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty ridiculous. I I got in and played for a while last night. So yeah, what did something. you think? Um, I was I mean I was impressed with the fact that very first time in I was able to do something I was able to contribute a little bit um I, I got a, I got a few kills so like I went 7 and 11 the first time I played and that was as a vanguard yeah I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't that tight but um I was able to actually get some kills off but those assassins dude or whatever they are uh, are freaking annoying um I think I played Vanguard initially and then switched to something else. I can't remember the name of it. But, uh, no, it is so fast-paced. And um, I know that I only scratched the surface of some of the mechanics. Um, because uh, They do have tutorial videos that you can watch. And yeah. they were pretty handy. I watched quite a few of them. Yeah, I, I just jumped I just jumped right in because I was, I was sort of pressed for time. But... Um, no, I, there, there were people vaulting everywhere and uh, sprinting around, and it was—it's completely unrealistic. Uh, yeah, which it's is very weird coming from battlegrounds, you know. Um, yeah, it is to, uh, to something like that, but it was super fun. 
It's also very movement oriented. Um, like one of one of the classes you can play as can jump three times in a row. One of them uses a grappling hook to swing across the map. Uh, one of them can straight up fly for a little bit. Uh, a couple of them have dashes that they can use, like, in and out of combat. It's, like, very movement-heavy. And there are eight classes you can play, so it's not like Overwatch where every character is, like, a separate thing unto themselves. Um, but there are two, like, two different versions of every class. Like, one is the Law and the other one is the Breakers, hence the name. And it's kind of like Terrorist to Counter-Terrorist from Call or almost said Call of Duty, Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike. Um, and so, like, you're either one or the other, but both, like, both people from each class play exactly the same. They just look different. But, uh, one of them's, like, one of them's, like, a tank. One of them's, like, another, like, not a tank, but, like, a frontline fighter who specializes in, like, closer infights with a gun. Uh, one of them's an assassin who just uses melee. Uh, one of them dual wields pistols. One of them has a chain gun. Uh, one is a healer. Uh, one has, like, they're, like, a weird cross between, like, the dual-wielding gun guy and the assassin. Just, it's a lot of interesting concepts, so I'm interesting, I'm interested in seeing where it goes. It's very colorful, very fast-paced, um, and, uh, all, all, all action all the time, yeah. And you can gib people. And if you don't know what gibbing is, you're probably not old enough to listen to this podcast. Um, what type of game, what game types were there? Is there just one? Or? No, there's, there's four different kinds. Okay, uh, one of them, the one I, I know the which one, one that I was playing was, um, it was like a reverse capture the flag where, uh, you have, uh, I mean, you have like a ball in the middle and your team is supposed to get it and advance it. Oh, to the that's the one sides. I wanted to play. That's the one yeah. I wanted to play and I didn't, uh, right? I played the one that was kind of like uh domination. There are three zones on the map, and you have to control the zones with your team. Ah, okay. Uh, the one you played, like, there's a ball that spawns in the middle of the map. It's kind of like Oddball from Halo, except you have to put it into a goal instead of just carrying it around. Uh, then there's another one where, like, a battery spawns on the map, and you have to charge the battery at your base. But uh, the deal is, you can charge the battery at your base, but if the other team steals the battery, it keeps its charge. So if you get it up to, like, 99% and then they steal it, they can take it back to their base and finish it, and they still score. That sucks. Yeah. And then there's one more, and I can't remember the details on that one. So, like, pretty varied, like, varied classes, varied gameplay. Um, I don't I don't like comparing it to Overwatch too much because it's very different in a, quite a few ways. But uh, the beta is free on Steam for the next couple well couple days as of right now uh but the game's called lawbreakers check it out looks good definitely um which brings us to the final game that we're going to talk about today and i guess we can go ahead and just break out this segment you're probably going to be hearing a lot of this in the upcoming months but um our tales from uh, battlegrounds oh yeah and we've had some yeah, I because I've been I've been editing footage today because um, we're gonna have some uh, videos go up on YouTube and our website um, in the next couple of days from last week some of last week's sessions and uh, man we've had some good times in that game. It's been the best of times and the worst of times. The literal best and worst of times. Um, we uh we we covered a lot of sort of our initial thoughts in last week's episode. Um, so if you want to hear that, you can go check it out. Um, uh, right now, um, I just kind of want to like talk about what what's changed because di didn't an update um uh, drop since last episode? It wasn't anything major. Yeah. Um, they added my favorite like time of day, which is sunset. Dude, Sunset's sunset. fucking gorgeous. The sunset and and people who have not played may not may not uh you realize just how like major that changes things it just changes the whole feel of the game in a game where lighting is incredibly important changing the time of day is a literal game changer because the shadows were so much longer um and like you said that's so important and we talked about last week um lie like lying down in tall grass and in shadows is crucial um and so 
you've got longer shadows um it, the the whole game is a little bit dimmer um and it's just a whole different atmosphere so i like it and the um the looting seems to be a little bit faster so i think they tweak tweak some things there which is great because well you uh, can uh you can move while you loot stuff now yeah yeah so it's it's a lot less janky um i did have some i did have some uh strange things happen where doors in one of our games doors did not uh did not spawn for me i had to open doors for him like i was this damn butler yeah that's great um well nathan just hit me with uh a pretty big thing about battlegrounds we we talked extensively about last episode and i did i did a write-up on our website about it uh but new maps are coming and uh player unknown himself tweeted out this morning some screenshots of the new desert map and oh boy nathan what'd you think uh it's look first okay well you want to go down the list of things that i noticed yes first of all it's it's really fucking bright that's one thing uh, which again, you if you haven't seen the game, that's not gonna be like okay. Why does that even matter? But yeah, uh, visibility is huge. Secondly, it's really open. Like the two screenshots that he put up, like there are a couple buildings, and then it's literally just like open desert, almost as far as the eye can see. Um, thirdly, and this is probably only gonna matter for people who really really care about graphics and like graphic design. Uh, he has not reused a lot of assets from the map that he already has, which that's, that's a good, that's, that's a good, it's impressive. Yeah. But it's also like, it's a good and a bad thing. It's good because it means like they're actively putting work into this and everything's going to be fresh and everything's going to be new. It's bad because it's going to take them a lot fucking longer to make it. And I want it now. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, of course he could have just built that that one little vertical slice there but it looks like it looks like it's pretty it looks pretty good so and there's a train which may or may not actually work and or be drivable oh god yeah um can you can you imagine somebody just not paying attention and getting hit by a train (laughs) that'd be so cool um oh dude what if what if trains like bring um bring drops now oh shit care patches is I was gonna um, say, what if we arrive on the map by train, but that wouldn't work. Oh, that would. It, well, it kind of would work, but it would well, suck. I mean, no, you would like, immediately hit the ground with other people. Yeah, that's why it wouldn't work. I, I um, agree that it could probably like bring supplies, but people is probably out. It's probably still gonna be a plane. So I definitely the first thing that I that I noticed definitely was the wide open, um, the how how wide open it looks now. With the desert map, it is uh, four by four, not eight by eight. And currently, the current map is eight by eight. And there's another island map that he's making that's eight by eight. So this desert map is half the size. And we know that it's going to be, there's a desert city in the center. So I'm wondering if that desert city is the only city that we get. Because right now, in the current map, I mean, there are, how many would you say? Four or five? Like little, um, oh, uh, it's more like six or seven. Yeah. So I mean, there there are a lot, and th- those are like hubs, and then you have a lot of wide open between them. But I'm wondering if this is city in the center, and then everything else is wilderness, like what we're seeing in this picture. And if that's the case, well, not just wilderness, but like literally just no cover anywhere, desert. Um, because now you're getting cacti, which don't give the same shade and cover that that trees do in the current game. And you're not gonna have like forests and stuff like that. So we're we're talking Dude, if, wide open. If they put some like sand colored like armor or clothing in this though, you're not gonna be able to see anybody going prone. There's already there's already a tan shirt in the game. Um and so I'm wondering if they will like do some tan fatigues and, and things like that. I hope so, because I think that would be that would add a lot of flavor. And and strategy as well. So yeah, uh, we're both excited about that. We got so excited off of two screenshots about a game. I love it. We're like GTA fans now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, moving on. Oh my god, a new car is coming out next week. 
<laughs> I can't believe I'm gonna pay 15 in like real life dollars to get a new car. <laughs> Definitely moving on. All right, so since it's July, we're sort of midway through the year. Uh, we wanted to sort of take a portion of this podcast and talk about some of the year's standouts and games. Um, and since I actually, other than Battlegrounds, haven't really played too many uh, of this year's games, uh, this is going to be, Nathan, what is your standouts of the year? Things that have really shined for you um, coming out in 2017. Well, there are a few. Um I would like to point out, though, we're halfway through specifically the gaming year because E3 just happened. There have already been so many fantastic games that have come out this year already. And once October gets here, it's just going to be like another flood again. Uh, it, it, as good as it's been, it's almost like it's, it hasn't even started yet. It's like Christmas comes three times this year. And and you hear you hear that said a lot now that there, I mean, there is no, like, the fall isn't just um, video game season anymore. Like your big your big titles aren't just hitting in the fall, um, which is great because now it's like year round is video game season. Nah, I wouldn't say that's true because it, from now until the end of August, there's almost nothing coming out. I think one there's one AAA title coming out in July, and I think that's for the Switch, and I think that's it. Well, I mean, uh, Arm, Arms came out for the Switch already, I think, and I think there's one more, and I think that's it until like the end of August. But uh, still having still having that spring that spring push is is big. Yeah, and speaking of which, uh, I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time on these because I've already talked about them on the podcast. But uh, this is my list of the standout games to me for 2017 so far. Uh, going back to February, I'm actually not sure I've talked about this one on the podcast, but uh, it's a JRPG from the Tales series, um, which if you don't know what that is, that's a that's a JRPG series going back to the Super Nintendo. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if the first one was on the Super Nintendo Classic coming out, which I might pick up, by the way. But uh, that oh, was really wow. yeah, I might. It looks it looks good, and it's actually got stuff I would play. It's got, unlike it's the got some good stuff on it, yeah. But uh, Tales of Berseria came out this February, and I put, God, 80, 80 hours into that easy. Um, it took me fifty hours to beat it. Uh, which was not really like I did a like most of the side quests, but not really grind. I didn't grind that much. And then immediately started a new game plus and put about another 30 into it. A freaking phenomenal game. It's the best in the Tales series that I've played so far. Um, It's also a great place, like, if you haven't played a JRPG or you're not really into them, great place to start. And (laughs) saying that (laughs) reminds me of something else that needs to be on this list that I completely forgot about and I don't know how. I think I've been repressing the memories. Would you like to guess what that is, Philip? Um, I I can't think about it. Final Fantasy Fifteen. That didn't come out this year. Did it? Was it? Wait, was it before? Yeah, that was. Uh, that was when did that come November, out? December. Well, shit. It needs to be on this list because it's awesome. But anyway. Yeah, well, it was a 2016 game. We weren't podcasting for yet. some re- for some reason. I thought I was. I played that after Berseria, but I must be getting that mixed up. But, uh, yeah, so that's an excellent game. Um, the story really got me. The characters were all really well thought out, especially for a JRPG. Uh, characterization is not normally their strong suit. It's very cliched as far as character tropes go. But, uh, check that out. Uh, the next two, uh, I know we've kind of beaten to death and everyone else has. Breath of the Wild and Horizon Zero Dawn, um... I don't I don't need to say a whole lot there. Breath of the Wild, one of the best games that's ever been made. I'm just going to say that. Uh I think it's the best Zelda game that's ever been made. <laughs> Come and get me, Ocarina and a Link to the Past fanboys. Come and get me. I'll fight you. I'll fight you with Joy-Cons cuz it's fucking great. Breath of the Wild, not it. the Joy-Cons. Um 
And Horizon Zero Dawn took all of the best aspects from Far Cry, Tomb Raider, Uncharted, but I already said Tomb Raider, so, you know. And, like, open world games in general, and just improved upon it to a level that was unbelievable. And it looks fucking gorgeous. I didn't even play it on the PS4 Pro, and it looks fucking amazing. On a 4K screen. I didn't play it on a 4K screen. No. Uh, All of the videos that we put out were on my PS4, and you can go and look and see how good those look. And that wasn't on a Pro or a 4K TV. It's unbelievable. I've been uh, I've been getting the itch to go go back and play it. You can see me play it very poorly um, on <laughs> YouTube and our website. That, that was one of the reasons we stopped doing that. Yeah, it was it was bad. I think we re- we realized at some point that if we were gonna wait for you to finish the game, we'd probably be doing that for the next like four years. Pretty much. But Not to mention, it's a long game. It is a long game. Yeah. Uh, you definitely get what you pay for. Um, speaking of which. Uh, if you didn't watch our E3 coverage podcast, uh, it's getting some DLC coming out soon, and that makes me super excited. But, let's see, next up on my list, actually the next two on my list are both JRPGs. Um, well, I'm not sure one of them counts as an RPG, but anyway. Uh, Persona 5, which, outside of a Bethesda game... Outside of Bethesda games, Final Fantasy, and I think Civ, it is now one of my top played games of all time. Like as in like time put in. I've put and, in And that was and that was pretty much consecutively. Yes. Uh all of the time that I put in was over a span of about three weeks, and I think I'm up to I think I might have broke two hundred hours, actually. That wouldn't surprise me. I mean, did you how many did you start a second playthrough? Yeah. Uh, it might be closer to 150, 160. But, uh, like, just playing, like, I didn't grind that much. Uh, I did a good bit of the side stuff because it just ends up helping you out in the end. But just playing through the game took me about 107, I think it was, just to beat the game. And then I immediately started a new game after that and played probably 60% of the way through. Uh, Quite possibly the best JRPG that I've played ever. Um, Sold me on the Persona franchise. Just everything about it is fantastic. You've seen seen me play a good bit of it. Uh, The art style is one of the best I've seen in a game. The music is some of the best I've seen in a game. It's just... If you've never played a JRPG before, seriously, go play Persona 5, play Tales of Berseria, do yourself a favor, they're great. Don't let the Japanese aspect of it turn you off. They're both phenomenal games. And speaking of Japanese video games, uh, also my list is Nier, which, Mm -hmm. oh boy, it's, uh, it'll get you right in the feels. I haven't even finished all of it yet, and, like, the, like, because there are five main endings. I beat it the first time, and, like, didn't know if I was gonna be able to, like, emotionally get through the other four, because it is a roller coaster. Good God. And, uh, like, it'll, like, it makes you, like, it's a, as far as, like, the subject matter, it's a pretty deep game. (laughs) <laughs> Which I just, I made a joke about earlier, but, you know. Um, but it really makes you think about stuff. It doesn't hold your hand when it comes to, like, philosophical issues. And it just, it's great as an experience. And it's really fun to play, which is also an upside. Then, if any of you have been listening to the podcast, you probably have realized by now that I skipped a game that I've been playing this year, but it's not exactly a highlight, and <laughs> I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, the last two games on this list are going to be Injustice 2 and Battlegrounds, and I think you know how we feel about Battlegrounds. But uh, Injustice 2 is on this game because, first of all, it looks great. It's super fun to play, and I love it 
and I don't like fighting games. Like, I hate fighting games, and I love Injustice 2, and that earns it a place on this list. I have a very high appreciation for Injustice 2. I obviously have only played it, you know, like that hour that I played it over at your house, but um, I love how they realized the DC world. Um, and other outside of, like, an Arkham game, I think... And I think even uh, even better than Arkham in many ways, they they set the bar for how DC should be represented in video games moving forward. Um, their character models, the aesthetic, um, the look and the feel—they know that universe. And um, and I, even though I don't like fighting games, I had fun playing against you, um, and would like to play more. Um, so that can be arranged. Bring your controller the next time you come over. But, uh, yeah. So, the one game that I didn't mention that I played, that I talked a lot about, is gonna get an honorable mention because it is kind of a standout in all the wrong ways, and that game is Mass Effect Andromeda. Bum, bum, bum. I, I liked it. I don't care what anybody says. I enjoyed every bit of my time that I played in it. It's not a good game. Uh, I will admit that, but I absolutely enjoyed every second I played of it. And so it gets an honorable mention in here. But, okay, so my point with all this is that's all the stuff that I played this year. They're all absolutely standout games. And this is just halfway through the year. Yeah. Um, so sort of my follow up question to all that is, um, in your opinion, putting together what's like the standouts that you've already played and then with your anticipation for what's coming, like how, how does this year, how is the, how good is this year in comparison to like, say last year or 2015? Well, I know it's not in the same context, but, uh, Tim Gettys. <laughs> called uh this year's e3 the year of dreams and i feel like obviously not the same context but uh i it, if you're a gamer this pretty much is the year of dreams like there's some really good shit coming out uh yeah i mean it's pretty historic we got a new 3d zelda or you know 3d open world or not open world but 3d zelda game it is open um, world well it is but i'm saying like uh not uh, they haven't been up to this point, so I can't say another 3D Zelda game. Um, and then we're getting another uh, 3D Mario game. Um, and we got, like you said, some of the most beautiful games in existence in, like, Horizon. Um, and we're getting fun stuff like Battlegrounds. And, um, uh, and I mean, Logbreakers might be great. So it's it's been a good year. Uh, not to mention we got Far Cry 5 coming up. Uh, Wolfenstein, the new Wolfenstein game looks absolutely amazing. I can't wait to play that. Uh, Mario's coming out. We're getting another fucking Metroid game. <laughs> yeah. As evidenced by the Switch that's sitting on a table not ten feet from me. But, Nathan, you know what's not coming out? Well, Metroid isn't coming out this year, so, you know. No, what's not coming out is single-player DLC for Mass Effect Andromeda. I told you to remind me to talk about this, and I didn't because I think I'm still repressing it. Okay, this... I understand that Andromeda wasn't received well, but I think the fact that they're not putting out single-player DC for it is just dumb. And, and so, to me, out of left field, because... Mass Effect's always been about the story, right? Not to mention, it's always been about the story. There's excellent DLC for all of the other three games. I mean, excellent. Like, some of the DLC for the other games is better than some of the stuff that happened in the actual games. I mean, you could say Bioware across the board has always been about single-player DLC. So, I, it's a weird decision for them. Uh, I think, here, here's, here's what I think. Uh... The response to Andromeda probably caused them to pump the brakes, and I think Anthem getting announced put the nails in the coffin. 
because mm-hmm. it really feels because this is coming on the tail like the tail end of them announcing that Bethesda Montreal is going on hiatus is and that, you, wait no, Bioware Bioware I yeah. said Bethesda didn't I yeah you did yeah Bioware Bioware Montreal is going on like a hiatus uh they're not working on it like the sequel to Andromeda for probably a couple years um which I think is also stupid and I hate them for it but then again I also really want to play Anthem oh also on list of games coming up Destiny 2 oh holy moly yeah I forgot I mean I forgot about that that we were going to be playing like, the shit out of that there game is, there is so much good stuff coming out like I'm by the end of October I'm not going to have any money and I wish I wasn't joking about that or I wish I was joking about that I'm literally going to be broke by the end of October just from buying video games. I'm probably going to spend at least three or $400 on video games in October. And that might be being generous. Even anything else you want to say about video games? <sighs> Can't wait until October. There you go. So uh, that's what we've been playing and what we're looking forward to. Now, um, Nathan, what have you been watching recently? Um... I know you you texted me the other night and said you had watched uh, Power Rangers. Yeah, so I mentioned earlier that I was going to have to eat crow on two different things this podcast. One of them was Shadows of Mordor because I'm actually enjoying it, even if it does have its issues. The other thing I'm going to have to eat crow on is the fact that I watched Power Rangers and I thought it was great. Now, like how, like, how good are we are we talking that you like this? Uh, there was not a single point during the movie where I was not entertained. That um, is so big coming from you. Yeah, because especially since even movies that I really enjoy, I can get bored during. Like, La La Land was one of those. Like, I got bored during, like, parts of La La Land because it was a freaking long movie. Uh, it really was. Les Mis was also one of those. Like, I freaking love Les Mis, and at the same time, I was like, oh my god, is this ever going to end? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I didn't have that for coming from Power Rangers. Um, I would like to say, I still don't care anything about the Power Rangers TV shows. I think they're dumb. Um, but they added enough realism into the movie while keeping it kind of that same, like, campy feel that it really, it just worked. Um, it lacked a lot of the absurdity of the TV show. Like, it was a lot more grounded. But it kept the same, like, cult campy feel. And they did a really good job translating it into, like, uh, like a feature film format. Uh, the acting... <laughs> The acting, I don't blame on. I don't blame on the actors. I blame on the way the characters are written. Like they all did a very good job playing the characters they were given. They just weren't very good characters. But then again, they were adaptations from a really cheesy children's TV show. So I feel like they did a good job with what they were given. Uh, all of the effects and stuff are really good. Uh, I don't normally say this, but all of the fights were really well choreographed, which yeah, was, I very, mean, you're very particular about fights. Um, I like they're all like over like when I say well choreographed, I mean for what they were like. It being Power Rangers, they were really good, like really well choreographed. And uh, yeah, it was just generally entertaining. I wouldn't say like if I was gonna review it from like a cinematography standpoint, I wouldn't say it was a great movie, but I was definitely entertained for all two hours. Yeah, I went to the theater um, over the weekend and are saw. You, are 40- you going to talk about Jaws? Excuse me, yeah. not not Jaws. Yeah, so forty-seven meters down. I've heard several people tell me that it was not good. No, it was it was not it was not good. It was entertaining at at times. Um I I enjoyed myself because it was a good it was a good like theater going experience. Um but mo- the movie itself was not good. Um the writing I felt like the writing hang on, was hang bad. On, hang on. 
Did you get the reclining seats that we got for Wonder Woman? No, no. Well, no. F- well, fuck your movie going experience. No, then it wasn't no. good enough. Well, I mean, I was talking. I was talking mainly about I was with my girlfriend. So I mean, even average movies are are decent. So I I wouldn't know. Rub it in. Yeah. Well, there you go. So uh, the writing the writing for this movie to me was was pretty garbage. Um, there, <laughs> the the motivations for the characters were just off. Didn't feel right. And I have sort of the same complaint. Like the acting to me wasn't that good, but I don't blame it on the actors at all either. Cause I, I feel like it was the writing cause Mandy Moore go watch. Um, this is us. She's a great actress, a fantastic actress. And to me, she, uh, she felt really flat in this movie. And that's because uh, to me, it was because of the writing and her character was just a, a, a just a dumpster fire. Um, there were things in the movie that never paid off, um, like little character moments and plot things that just never paid off later in the movie because spoiler, this is, this is a shark movie. So like you can't really do anything once they get in the water. Um, their reasons for going shark diving was stupid. Like it was just one stupid thing after another. I will say though that, Hang on, let me, let me stop you for a second. Speaking of stupid reasons to go shark diving, have you heard that Michael Phelps is going to race a shark for Shark Week? No. That's a, that's a thing that's happening. Michael oh Phelps, God. you know, Mr. Olympics himself, is going to race a shark for Shark Week. I don't know how they're setting this up. I don't know what kind of shark he's racing. He's going to race a shark. Well, stay tuned for that. Okay, yeah, just... You, you can go now. I just wanted to throw right. that out there. Thank you for that. PSA. Um, so uh, I will say that the the movie, especially when they got once they got in the water, uh, the movie was tense. Like it it had me on edge. It it got me to jump a couple times, uh, which is hard. Which is hard for movies to do, honestly, for me. Um, but the the cinematography of it, it just as far as how it was shot was very impressive like the underwater the underwater shots the underwater angles the the way that they played with lightness uh, with light and the just the dark depths of the ocean um that was that was impressive the actual plot though dumpster fire i do have an i do have an interesting um uh, theory for that movie um <laughs> but i'm not going to discuss it because it it just recently came out, so I'll, I'll give it some it time. It was I all will, a dream. However, I will, however, um, be doing a write-up of it soon that will be on the website, so stay tuned for that. Um, I'm thinking about writing an article. Yeah, you should. You should. It's probably going to be on anime. Uh, great. Um, Not that but, you care, motherfucker. Hey, hey, you never know. May, that may be the thing that gets me. That may be the thing that gets me. Uh, but I have been watching something else recently that I wholeheartedly stand behind. I mentioned it last week on the podcast. The show Glow, Caitlin and I finished it. I still haven't watched it. It is so good. It was well, it was so good. I'm, I'm done with it. Now I'm waiting around for season two, my least favorite thing in the world to do. That's um, the only downside about Netflix dumping a whole season at once. You marathon it, and then you're like, Oh my god, I want more. We finished it in like three or four days, and well, I guess it's, I guess it's three or four watching days. Like we 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 don't watch it every day, but, um, but yeah, now now we're done, and and we've like finished several Netflix series this year, and we're waiting on new seasons for all of them. But Glow, man, Glow nails the eighties. It nails humor. It na- but it also nails like. R- really deep issues um with characters there's such a good balance between light-hearted just idiot like idiots and um stupid situations and scenarios i mean it's women wrestling like it's it's wrestling it, it's sort of dumb but it really tackles um <laughs> i really, see what you did there <laughs> yeah it really it really tackles um women's issues in the 80s and it's very relevant for today, so um, good on Netflix, man. I I hope it doesn't get the axe because Netflix has been um, has been chopping some of their series uh, as of late. They're really um, t- 
tightening their reins. So I, I hope that this slips through and, and gets renewed for a second season. Well, Philip, you want to know what you can be watching in the meantime? Hit me with it. Game of Thrones. New season comes out in, like, what, two, two, three weeks? It's the 23rd, I think, is when it comes out. So oh, you've July. got... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got about three weeks to get caught up, bro. You can do it. Yo. Yeah. Oh, uh, holy shit, I hope you get caught up by the time it comes out, because I'm going to need somebody to talk to. If I if I did, that would be one of the most impressive things I think I've ever done. I marathon the whole thing in less than three weeks. Okay. I mean that was I just gotta, that was me, what? but then again, you and your girlfriend arguably watch TV faster than I do when you set your mind to it. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> when it's, <laughs> I mean. I don't want to admit how many uh, seasons of Project Runway we've watched it's, in the past. It's not like uh, I marathoned all of the CW shows within, like, five days of them coming out. I actually still need to finish Arrow, but, yeah, that was kind of embarrassing even for me. You know what we're not going to be watching anymore? What's that? Until Christmas? Oh, my God. Don't even. Doctor Who. Oh, my God, Doctor Who. Uh, if you don't watch Doctor Who or haven't seen Doctor Who, don't care anything about Doctor Who, you can skip forward a bit because we're gonna we're gonna dwell on this for just a second because we gotta pay our dues, okay? We gotta pay our dues. This was the season finale. We we endured this season. We finale. watched we watched the last two episodes back to back, and I was. At the same time, prepared and so unprepared for what I well, that's just that's the, the Doctor Who experience. It's like that is the Doctor Who ex- experience. It's like I think you're prepared. It's like standing in front of like an MMA fighter, and he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna hit you now," and like you think you know what it's gonna be like, and you have no idea what it's actually like. You just you, you I, just don't even know. And we've known going into this season that this was gonna be Peter Capaldi's last season, and you. You amp yourself up for it. Every time they tease the regeneration, you're like, okay, I can deal with this. I can deal with this. And then you get there, and you're like, all right, this is it. This is it. This is it. I'm ready. And then you're not ready for that to be his last episode. And, like, what he does to you in that episode is not fair. Not to, mention, then... not to mention that Stephen fucking Moffat was doing all the, the callbacks to all the other genera- like regenerations. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. So, spoiler, Fuck me. Like, literally, okay, this is a spoiler warning. Yeah, he he goes and he starts, like, having these, like, memories uh, and, and just, like, does these one-liners of all the he old, starts, like... He starts spouting catchphrases from all of the other Doctors from, like, the, like, from when Doctor Who got rebooted. Like, all of them. And then the, uh, the I, last I, I, one, ready to go. I don't the last go. one, he says, I don't want to go. And he sounds exactly like David Tennant. And I wanted to, like, stab no, Stephen Moffat. And, and then after that, he said, when the doctor was me. And he sounded like Matt Smith. And, oh, my God. And then. Nothing happened. <laughs> he didn't regenerate. Yet. And it, like, like, the first doctor comes in. And then it's like, hey, wait till Christmas. He didn't regenerate nathan i had emotionally prepared myself i don't know why i didn't well, think you, about there being a christmas episode well i knew we wouldn't see the new doctor because they haven't announced who it is yet i knew we wouldn't see the new doctor but i didn't think we were literally going to get another episode fingers of still incredibly crossed for Haley atwell uh, a long shot but that she's got my vote dude with all the stuff that they did with missy this season I how I I think I think it's more than a long shot. It is, oh, uh, and and they 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 played a lot with gender, and like they've had conversations about how the the time lords are. I'm dude uh, at this point. I'm like eighty percent sure the next doctor is gonna be a woman. They they set it up, man. And if they don't, then they they've missed the mark because they've got they they've got it set and ready for a female doctor. And I think Haley Outwell is the candidate. As long as long as they're spoiling shit, are we gonna talk about what happened to Bill? God damn it! Yeah, yeah. Dear, dear, dear Bill, dear poor Bill. She did not deserve that, dude. She got 
I, I'm just gonna come out and say it. She got fucked in the ass. Like, Stephen Moffat, like, fucked Bill in the ass. It was not pleasant she what happened. She didn't deserve it. She didn't deserve it. She did not deserve it. Uh, because they've basically written her out of the show. No, they haven't. Uh, they left they that white... Uh, dude... Dude, okay, Nathan. no, okay. They left it. They left it as open as the fact that Clara and that other the Game of Thrones chick is. Traveling They're coming back universe. in the Christmas special. Shut up. That's that's confirmed. Clara's gonna be in the Christmas special with uh, what's her face? Me. Uh, Amazing. Yeah, Williams. but but what I'm saying is what I'm saying is she's basically written out. Like she can Dude, always her, come back for an her, episode, but Bill is not gonna be the companion for the next season. That's what I'm saying is they've written her out of that role. Where where has it been said that she's not gonna be the companion for next season? Uh, the plot. Her the plot. no, dude. Her girlfriend, the space oil pilot thing, made of tears and goodness, pretty much was like, yeah, I can turn you back into a human at any point you want. And I'm like, that's a wide open like invitation for her coming I can, back. I see it completely differently. I think that they were using that as an out to get her doing something so that she's not the doctor's companion. I I I'd see it fifty fifty. I think it's fifty fifty. I don't know, dude. I think I think it would just be not a good move for them to write Bill off after one season. I no, I totally agree with that. Because she's awesome. I, I totally see I don't want her to be written out. I'm angry if they do write her out. She's uh, You want me my favorite companion. You want me to piss you off right now? You want me to piss you off? She's better than Clara. I said it. I said it. <sighs> that hurts. I, that hurts. I that said hurts. it. I stand yes, by it. I, I she is better than Clara. Holy shit! Oh my no. god! Like, oh my god! As a character, she is better. She is better. Do I love Clara more? Yeah, but I, I've, I've, I can't I've got believe so you said many that. More years invested with Clara, and I love Clara through all of her faults. But Bill, as a character, is great and better because it goes back to like that haunted house episode where she didn't want the doctor in her life. We've never had a companion that 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 was the case. Think about the pawns. The pawns didn't want the doctor to go anywhere. They wanted him, like, in their life all times. Bill's the first one that is like, okay, this is cool. I love this, but I still need to be me. Yeah, she was an individual, and I and I feel like she stood and was perfect for Capaldi's doctor. Because wasn't he was she was so needy. He was such a standoffish doctor. And he needed somebody who could be there for him, but also be like, "Man, I'll do my own thing." She was so business, but yet they had a great chem- they had a great chemistry, um, and and I've been saying since the beginning with Capaldi, and we've been what this is three full seasons now with Capaldi, and I've been saying for three seasons, the 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 really awesome thing about Capaldi is what a lot of was what drives away a lot of people, and that's how standoffish and how alien he is but the success there is that when he does have his emotional moments or his uh his i'm opening up moment or his showing affection for his companion when he does that it means so much more because that's not him that's not him see like matt smith we loved matt smith because matt smith was the emotional guy he was the he was honestly more human than he was alien we loved that about matt smith and even david Tennant. um and but the thing is if they got emotional it was just them like that that was their character but for capaldi's doctor to break down and get as emotional as he did like whenever um whenever they turn her into a Cyberman, like. Oh yeah, that's by the way, that's what I was referring to when I said that Stephen Moffat fucked Bill. Yeah, she got turned into a fucking Cyberman. Yeah, she didn't deserve it, guys. Like that's one of the worst things that can happen to you in the in the Doctor Who universe. Arguably, the worst thing that can happen to you in the Doctor Who universe, except for maybe being turned into a Dalek. Well, that only happened like once, and that was extenuating circumstances. I mean, lots of people get turned into Cybermen. Well, my my absolute favorite thing, now that he's on his way out, my absolute favorite thing about Capaldi is 
not that he's like more alien or he's standoffish or whatever. It's the fact that for the first time watching Doctor Who, you consistently get the feeling that he is old as fuck. Yeah. And I think that's the best thing that Capaldi does. He plays a tired old man who's still trying to do his best, not because he enjoys it or because it's fun, but because it's just what he does at this point. He actually gives a speech at the end of the last episode uh, to Missy, and that really touched me because he was like, I'm not doing this because I like it, because it's fun, um, or even because I even really want to. He's like, I'm just doing this because it's the right thing, and that's who I am. What was it that he said right – it was after he had sent he had sent everyone away and he was ready – he was ready to face the, the Cybermen. He, it was something like no, no witness, no reward. He was, like oh, that. that was the oath that he gave when he locked Missy into the cube. Yeah, but it, no, it um, was, the, it was the same. It was the same oath. Yeah. But in that context, it just meant so much more because it was like, he was, he was doing his duty and nobody would know. Nobody would know. And I think, I think you're so right in that, um once again like comparing the comparing the two um Matt Smith's doctor tried to play and I'm not I'm not even talking about his final episode when he actually d- he does go old but it, like he there were times in in Matt Smith's the his late in his run they would try to give him like this feeling of tired and raggedness and and being and feeling old but it just never it never sold it like it needed to because he was so young and energetic. Um, and you're so you're totally right that Capaldi nails that we're looking at somebody 12,000 years old or whatever, you know? So you want to know why I think another huge case for Haley Atwell is, uh, she's a lot younger. She's a woman. And here's, here's the deal. I think this Christmas special is going to be happy. I might get my ass handed to me about this later, but okay. So Bill was in a pretty good place when we left off, despite what happened in the actual episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Clara is alive and well. She's got a buddy. They're both doing well. They got their own TARDIS. They're doing shit. They're both probably going to show up in the Christmas special. I think he's going to come out of this with a much better outlook on life than he's had in a while. That's just my prediction. And I think that's why it would make sense for him to be, like, a youngish woman. How old is Ailey Atwell? She's only, like, in her, like, 30s, 30s, 30s right? right? Yeah. yeah. I think, like, being, like, a, like, a younger woman would be, like, just such, like, a great, like, recycle. Is recycle the right word? Like, refreshment for the doctor? Mm-hmm. Like, just a fresh start? And I think that's another reason. Also, I just I just want to watch Ailey Atwell be the doctor. Oh man! But uh, long train, long long road talkers. Oh, I'm not done yet. No, go go go! I'm not done, motherfucker. Um, so you remember we were talking about this earlier, and you said, "How do you feel about Peter Capaldi as the Doctor?" And I said, "Wait until I see how he regenerates." Uh, that's already happened for me. Like I know, obviously, he's not gonna fully regenerate until the Christmas episode. But the whole thing that I've been hung up on this whole time is like him playing like the old tired Doctor, and. When he starts to regenerate at the end of the season finale, every other time he's regenerated, it's always been, I don't want to stop being this doctor. And he always try- he tries to fight it because he doesn't want to change into another doctor. At th- when he starts regenerating in the final episode, he's not trying to... S- he tries to stop himself. And he's not trying to stop himself because he doesn't want to be someone else. He wants to stop himself because he wants to die. Did you notice that? He wasn't getting upset because he was changing. He was getting upset because he didn't want to go on. Like he was just done. Wow, well, I mean I didn't I didn't see that. Yeah, like I didn't see that. That's like what he says when all that happens, like and him screaming like no at the end, it's not because he doesn't want to be another person, it's because he doesn't want to regenerate at all. Like he, like he is just so done being the doctor at this point. He just wants to die. 
then I mean that's interesting. Then I wonder if that if that is uh narratively why they may be bringing in like the first they're bringing back the first doctor. I think it's absolutely um, why because every other time he's gotten tired of being the doctor, and like one of the other doctors has come back to talk to him. Like yeah. uh, the time of the doctors, the day of the doctor, like. Every time, like, he's just, like, at the end of his rope, and he just doesn't know how to come on, like, go on, like, they bring in one of the older doctors, and they're basically, like, nut up or shut up. Speaking of uh, the first doctor, they did a great job uh, making it look like William Hartnell. Yeah, they did. So I'm beyond excited for the Christmas special, and I think it's gonna have a happy ending. It's about time we had a Christmas special with a happy ending. Well, honestly, it's about time we had a Peter Capaldi episode have a happy ending. No, because sh- that's no shit, yeah, right? Yeah, because I mean, it has been a very tragic run, and I think, I mean, that's one reason he really, really does feel old and tired is because there are very few happy moments. If you also, go back and look at his arcs, because he he does the end of Clara, um, that he I mean he he takes over from Matt Smith, so he's basically having to win over Clara in in, in that season, which is still and one that, of my favorite scenes in all of Doctor Who, by the way. And and like that whole se- that whole season uh, has a tragic end to it, even if you don't like Danny, but like uh, that has a tragic again end. with the fucking Cybermen. Yeah. What is and it with then, Peter Capaldi and Cyberman? And then the thi- the things that he deals with in his second season with the uh with the I can't remember her name in here from What is her name in real life? Well, she start Maisie Williams? Yeah, Maisie Williams. She starts calling herself me in the like in the show at one point. So, I mean, that that's that's a tragic storyline, and then you've got the de- you know the quote unquote death of Clara. So I mean, he has had just one tragedy after another. So he he deserves he deserves a happy. Also, ending. one of the reasons I, I think he's trying to kill himself at the end of the finale, he doesn't know Bill is alive. He thinks Bill's dead. He thinks Bill is dead. He doesn't know that like she got turned into space goop by her girlfriend. True. So he thinks that Bill is just gone, and so I think like. He's lost two companions at this point, and so I think he's just like, I'm done. He's checking out. Um, also, I don't know if you knew this, not only is the first Doctor going to be, and not only is uh, Clara and the first Doctor going to be in the Christmas special, it said they're bringing back an old companion. And I don't... Really? Yeah, I don't know if that means, like, from the early Doctor Who old companion, since it's the first Doctor... Which that companion would have been his granddaughter, right? Yeah, yeah. The the he had but two companions. Is she alive or dead right now? Because he brought Gallifrey back, so that means she she should technically still be alive. Or did she die over the in the course of the show? I can tell you, I I doubt that she my my died original who was weak. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So I don't know if it's gonna be like a classic who companion. But if they're bringing back a companion from the era, like, from the reboot, there's only, like, one person it could be, and I really hope it's not her. Uh, yeah, it'd have to be Martha, right? Yeah, it'd have to be Martha. And I don't want it to be Martha, so I'm hoping it's from Classic Who. Yeah. Uh, that might, it it, it might be Sarah be. Jane again, to be honest. That would probably be a safe bet. They've used that her before. Would... Yeah. I think it'd be cool if it were the... If they if they got somebody to double or I mean to to play the the granddaughter, I think that'd be awesome. I don't know. I think bringing back more than just the doctor from Classic Who, I think a lot of people probably wouldn't care that much. Um. All right. Anything else you want to talk about today? Uh. No. I think that's everything. Oh no. We we got a we got a shout out. That's what I was doing. That's what I was doing. Okay, I was just making yeah. sure. Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah, so, um, like we've been saying, uh, we obviously have our website fatdragongaming.com, but we also have our Patreon up where you can go and support us, just like our friends over at Predictable Amusement did. Um, 
they supported us on on Patreon. The level of which they get a shout out in our episode, and they get a, a bunch a bunch of other really really cool shit too. <laughs> so you should go to Patreon.com/slash/FatDragonGaming and check out our um our levels of support and uh, consider consider supporting. So shout out to uh, Predictable Amusement. You guys are the best. The literal best. They they um they really have been um, a huge support to us um, really since we've we've, be- we've begun. Um, so we appreciate what they've done and what they continue to do. You should go check them out on YouTube. They also do let's plays and other cool stuff too. So they should start a podcast. I feel like I feel like the five of them like trying to do a podcast together would be fantastic. That would be. So predictable amusement. I know you listen to this. Start your own fucking podcast. Get on that shit. Yeah, Dylan. Yeah, Dylan. If oh. you scrub through the Doctor Who shit, then uh, hopefully you hear your shout out and you hear Nathan tell you to go start a podcast. No, that wasn't a shout out. That was a call out. I'm calling him out. We're calling you out. Start a fucking amusement. podcast. Start a fucking Australian podcast. We want to not be able to understand you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so everybody. Go check out our Patreon. Go check out our website. Go check us out on YouTube and uh, iTunes and Google Play and all that cool jazz. Um, you can also check us out on Twitter. I am at Southside Media. He is at Abyssal Penguins with an S. Until next time. Later. See you.